welcome back to the next episode of Lace Up and Listen. I'm your host, Amelia Uphill, aka The Uphill Runner, and as a mum to one-year-old Max and aspiring marathon runner, I'll be sharing insights about how to juggle mum duties while still finding time for running. Each week, I'll bring you a conversation with a different inspiring expert guest to help you maximise your training, whether you're a new mum returning to running postnatally or building up to running marathons and more. There'll be a new episode available every week to keep you company throughout your training or to relax with on a rest day. My guest for this episode is Amy Goblish. Amy is a registered dietitian and multiple marathon runner. We're going to be talking about how to best fuel your body before, during and after a run to maximise your performance and recovery. We also discuss what foods she would avoid to reduce the chances of tummy troubles during a run or a race. Hello, thank you for joining me. Hi, I'm so excited to chat with you today. Me too. I'm really looking forward to this one, actually. <laughs> um, first, let's start with how you first got interested in running. I was involved in cross country in junior high and high school, but I'll be honest, I like, didn't really take it that seriously. And I really started falling in love with running more in college started running more for fun versus being forced to it by being involved with cross country and just really like that's how it all kind of started and then ran my first marathon when I was in college and it's just kind of gone from there. How did you feel with that first marathon? Did you did you kind of go for it on a whim or did you train really hard or was it something that you like a bucket list thing that you wanted to do? It was a bucket list thing. I decided I wanted to run the Twin Cities Marathon in Minnesota and my husband or my then boyfriend was from there and he's like, oh, I've always wanted to do that race. It's kind of like a hometown race. So I got him suckered into running it with me. I had no idea what I was doing. Like (laughs) training went fine, but we started off the race like way too fast and we were like, oh my gosh, we're passing so many people. This is fun. And then, yeah, it definitely hit us later. We're like, we did not run this smart. (laughs) (laughs) And how many marathons have you run since then? Gosh, I think I'm at five or six. I should know, but I'm at at like a handful. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I've done a handful of marathons. Yeah. (laughs) And is there anything that's still on your your bucket list or your uh, an ultimate goal that you're working towards or you'd like to work towards one day with running? I really want to run an ultra marathon one day. That is definitely on my bucket list. I did something. So I turned 26 on February 26. And what other way to celebrate than running a marathon? So I'm actually turning 31 this February. And so I kind of have it in my head that I should run an ultra (laughs) to celebrate. So I would do a 50k, which would then be 31 miles because numbers like that is fun (laughs) yeah I like that I like that idea I was thinking for that for my birthday one year but I think oh I'm a bit I should have started younger because (laughs) if I would have had to do fewer miles (laughs) yes that or maybe instead of doing miles do actually no because k's would probably maybe doing a k that might be better because if you're doing like a 40k 42k that would be like less miles than just doing 40 (laughs) 
Yeah, I talk to so many people and they say sort of, oh yeah, I sort of got interested in running. I signed up for a marathon on a, on a whim, then I got the bug and now I want to do an ultra and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I can't imagine myself ever doing an ultra marathon. But I don't know, maybe if I do a marathon, maybe I could go a bit further. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody seems to think, oh, just go a bit further, a bit further. Right, because it's only like five six miles more to be an ultra to do that 50k so it's like all right when I'm already running 26 what's what's a few more (laughs) okay and how did you get interested in being a dietitian was that something you always wanted to do definitely not (laughs) I I was I grew up a huge Iowa State fan I knew I wanted to go there for college had no idea what to major in and I just happened to be looking at their list of majors and I saw dietetics and it really stuck out to me I love helping people I wanted to be in the healthcare field but I also didn't see myself being a nurse or even a doctor at all and so it kind of felt like being in healthcare being able to help people and I loved nutrition And just being able to look at nutrition facts panels, that's kind of like what really got me interested in like the nutrition side of things as well. And so then they sort of came together. Did you imagine that that you'd link your two loves of uh, nutrition and running together and to create this platform? No, I, you know, when I feel like things are different now in dietetics, like there's a lot more private practice. When I was in college, they talked about like the traditional rules a lot. So working in a hospital, public health, those type of sectors, I don't think I ever was talked to or talked about like private practice, having your own business. So being able to be in a place where I get to talk about running, nutrition, like all day, every day, like I'm in heaven. Okay, let's talk a little bit about fueling your running, I suppose. That's what the topic is for today. So um, what would you suggest? Let's talk about before you even put your trainers on. What would you need to be doing? Well, is it different if you're going running straight after breakfast? Would you have a different breakfast if you're going running later in the day after dinner? Um, What would you eat throughout the day if you're running later? Or what do you need to think about before you even go out on your run? I think most importantly is thinking about the timing between when you're last going to eat and when you're going to be heading out the door for that run. You know, timing is very important. If you don't eat soon enough, you can be hungry, low blood sugar, just not feel very energized on the run. But there's also an issue of eating too close to the run as well and then just feeling it in your stomach, feeling like you might be sick on the run. So definitely looking at the timing and also figuring out with your own body what type of timing you need depending on the run, but also like what you're able to eat. If it's like a full meal, you're going to need a little bit longer versus if you're able to have a little snack, you might be able to head out the door a little bit sooner. What sort of thing might you suggest as a pre-run breakfast? So pre-run breakfast, and it will kind of depend on the length of the run too, but you're really going to be focusing on eating all the carbs. That is what your body is going to utilize during the run. Now, if you're getting into a double-digit run or even close to being over an hour, that's when adding in a little bit of protein can be beneficial as well. So I think the staple, probably the most common thing you think of 
would be a piece of toast, maybe adding some peanut butter on it and either having a banana on the side or even chopping up the banana and throwing it on that toast with the peanut butter. That sounds nice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> sounds like something my son would love as well. So that's win-win. <laughs> and then um, what about sort the sort of things for lunch or dinner? Obviously, they would need to be, I assume, the same sorts of same sorts of things like you're talking about mainly carbohydrates or making sure carbohydrates are involved or but would it what sort of things for lunch or dinner would you suggest depending on when you're going out for your run in the day yeah that definitely gets a little bit more hard because especially when you think about a meal it's going to be more substantial you know more food to it and so then you will probably need a little bit longer before going out to your run but you should be able to kind of you know, you should be eating it like you would a regular meal to make sure that you're getting in enough. Now, if you plan to run in the next hour or two, you might find it beneficial to limit the high fat, high fiber foods that are known to maybe cause a little bit of GI issues on the run. Okay. And if you are going to have a big meal and then leave it a while, maybe have a little tiny snack, or I don't know how big, a little snack in between, what sort of thing would you have as a top up just before you head out or sooner? towards heading out for your run? I think keeping it very simple. And again, you're most likely going to be looking at carbs. So doing a piece of fruit, grabbing a granola bar, an applesauce pouch, those are all kind of really simple, usually easily digestible options that you could have quick as kind of a little pick-me-up before you're heading out the door. And you've spoken a little bit about going for longer runs or going over an hour or uh, double digit mileage, you said. And then you might want to start thinking about having fuel on your run. Is that right? Yes. If your run is going to be over 90 minutes, that's when you should really start having that during the run fuel source. After 90 minutes, your body has used up all of the glycogen stores, which is just your carbohydrates that were stored. And so your body needs more energy at that point. And so that's when you're really going to want to add in some fuel during the run. You may not feel that you need it all the time, but really it's just good to practice for race day, especially if you are training for a half or a full. And it can actually help you feel recovered faster too, because you're not as much in the negative. So um, if you're going for that 90-minute run, what sort of time during the run would you suggest having having your snack or your fuel? Would you need to do it multiple times or is it just, a, just have something halfway and then keep going? Or I guess different things work for different people as well. Yes. I mean, that's what's so hard with everything is that it's so individualized and what works for one runner, you might be the complete opposite and that's okay. You know, it's just figuring out what works for your body Typically, if you're running for over 90 minutes, you'll be fueling every 30 to 45 minutes. So if you're stopping right at that 90-minute mark, you might only use one, one fuel source during, but you might also find yourself feeling better if you know your body does well with every 30 minutes, that you might even need two options for the run. Um, for me personally, I've tried gels a bit. Um, they're okay. I've, I haven't had any really horrific issues with them but I just find them very sticky very sweet and sickly as well what sort of things could you suggest that are kind of easy to maybe chew (laughs) easy to get in on your during your run without having to stop necessarily I suppose especially if you're practicing for race day I guess 
um, which are different fuel different fuels from just a, um, what people might imagine. People might think that a gel is what you have to what all runners use, for example. What different things would you suggest? Oh no, I definitely know where you're coming from, and I hear that a lot. Being like, I don't, I can't handle gels, so I just don't use anything during the run. And so it's about figuring out again individualize what your body is going to respond best to, like what doesn't upset your stomach, but also what you're able to easily get in during the run. And so you, there's the common gels, even chews. There's a lot more liquid calorie options that you could keep in your hydration pack or a bottle. There's also more of the real food options per, per se, so like applesauce pouches, pretzels, energy bites, even doing a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that you can utilize pre or during the run fuel. Some of those options, it might cause more chewing, but that might be worth it for you if it's something you can actually handle. And can you talk a little bit about, I don't know if you're referring to things like electrolytes when you say things that you can put into your water. Is that the sort of thing you mean? Can you describe a little bit what, what are electrolytes? What do they do? So I'm kind of specifically talking about Tailwind. It's a really popular option. It's actually, it does have electrolytes in it, but it's used as more of a calorie drink. So focusing more on helping you get your calories in, not just the electrolytes. Okay, so what what are the electrolytes focusing more on? So the electrolytes is what your body's losing during you know, while you're sweating. And so when you're able to replenish your electrolytes, that's why at a lot of races, they might be handing handing out Gatorade, Powerade, those types of drinks. That's to help replenish your electrolytes, help you to not feel, not be dehydrated during the run. Okay. So you might want to take electrolytes with you, but you should also take a, a pro or uh, inverted commas, proper fuel um, to go alongside that. Electrolytes aren't necessarily enough. Um, to fuel your run, mid-run? No, definitely not. And some of the options, I feel like a lot of runners use noon. You know, that doesn't have the calories in it that you need to support your body. Yes, it has the electrolytes, which is great to replenish, but you would need to pair that alongside your during-the-run fuel. And then finally, you finished your run. You're, you've managed to cover however many miles you set out to do. <laughs> what would you suggest as that first um, either snack, I suppose, or meal post run, and how soon after your run should it be? Does it matter how soon you you eat it, or is it okay if you go for your long shower first? Or <laughs> so with this, there, you know, it's kind of interesting. There was some research that just came out saying that your recovery, how they used to call it, a recovery window, might actually be more of a garage door, meaning that you may not have to get it in as quick as they initially thought. But they're also saying that if you're going more for the garage door <laughs> type of refueling, that you need to really focus on still getting in enough your calories that you need to recover throughout the day. When I talk to runners about this, what I like to mention is that you finish your run at 10 a.m. Let's say you're not hungry until 12, that just and you're going to bed at 9, that just leaves a really sh- a shorter window for you to try to get in all your calories to support your recovery. Most of my runners also feel better if they're able to get that ref- that fuel in after the run 
around that 30, 45 minute mark because they're probably on E at that point. You know, their body burned a lot of calories, they're in the negative, and they may not start feeling better until they're able to replenish that. So I say, even though they say it's a garage door, to also know what your body is going to respond best to and what's going to help your body feel recovered as well. What sort of difference can it make to your recovery or to your training if you're not really fueling properly? I think just like thinking, I always like to use like the car analogy. So let's say you're driving, you want to go on this long distance journey with your car, almost like training for a marathon with your body. If you're not giving your car the right fuel it needs or enough fuel, it's not going to run well. And so your body is is similar to that. If you're not giving your body enough fuel, the right type of fuel, you can't expect to have that great performance to run that PR, that strong performance that you're hoping to. Can you give an example of what you would have, either something that's something that you prefer or something that uh, is something that lots of people enjoy um, as either a post-run breakfast or lunch or dinner or even a snack? What sort of thing would you be reaching for? What types of food should we be reaching for? So post-run, really focusing on getting in carbohydrates to help replenish your glycogen stores so that they're ready to go for that next run when you need that. And also protein to help your muscles build and recover. So I think something super easy would be doing a smoothie. So you're throwing in the type of milk that you prefer, you know, maybe a banana, a little bit of protein powder, yogurt, maybe other fruits. Um, And then you have a really balanced option. I think it's a smoothie or even chocolate milk is a good option because a lot of runners find that after runs, their appetite is MIA. It's hard to chew. Their stomach might feel a little nauseous. And so that's kind of an easier way to drink the calories versus trying to eat them. Yeah, I've heard lots of things about dairy or milk in particular. Is it because it's high protein or? It has, it's not super high protein. It has a little bit in. There's also the hydration factor in it too. So if you think about the chocolate milk, you're not only getting the perfect amount of carbs, protein, you're getting some electrolytes, but you're also getting that hydration factor as well. And particularly in warmer weather then, as you're talking about hydration, what do runners need to focus on to make sure they're staying hydrated enough? What signs can you look out for maybe to know that you're either you're not hydrated enough or that you are hydrated enough? I think one of the best, the best indicators of this would be your urine. (laughs) And so just kind of thinking about looking at color, even smell, if it's you know, if you can smell it more, if it's a darker color, that's a sign that you are dehydrated. There's also, you know, how you might be feeling. You might feel a little brain fog, headache. Those are signs that you're on on your way to dehydration if you're not there already. Because I think I can get quite worried that I think, well, if I drink a whole, I don't know how much water before I go, then I might want to stop for the toilet. So <laughs> trying to time it all right. <laughs> like, um, I don't I obviously take water with me if it's a longer run but uh yeah it's all about the timing I suppose isn't it so trying to get it all in and thinking about when you're going to eat when you're going to drink um would you say just when you're running sip sip on water whenever you feel you need it don't need to worry about particular timings or 
you might need to do it a little bit more frequent, especially if you're only waiting to feel thirsty. So trying, and especially if you're taking in gels as well, knowing that most gels and chews will have that little label on them saying, make sure to take it with water. And so that's a good reminder for you as well as why you should be carrying it and maybe not just relying on water stops. You know, if you find a running through a park, there's a water fountain because that might not be enough and it might not come at the time that you need it, especially if you're using something that requires water alongside it. Mm. So would you suggest for a race to have your own hydration pack rather than relying on the on the aid stations? I think that depends on the race. There are some races that will have an aid station every mile. That might be enough. And especially if you're going for a time and you don't want a hydration pack like weighing you down because they can get heavy <laughs> over time. So I think it's really important to look at the race to see where the water stops are, how it correlates to when you typically take your fuel source to see if it can even work out or not. And talking about races as well, obviously, if you're going for a PB or something like that, you don't want to be held back by tummy troubles or I I can't remember the wording you used earlier, something (laughs) Yeah, any issue? I think, did you say GI issues? Uh, yeah, I usually say like GI issues. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> Is there anything, obviously you practice and find the right fuel that works for you beforehand, but and are there any general tips that you can give or our advice that you can give to help people avoid having those mid-race tummy troubles? Yeah, there are a few like common culprits of that. So like high fat, high fiber foods, avoiding those before the run and sometimes even the night before if it's a certain vegetable or just high fiber um, because that can have a negative impact on on your run especially if you're during the race but also being dehydrated that can also increase your chances of having GI issues so that's another kind of like benefit to staying hydrated as well. Mm-hmm. And I know you've mentioned a lot about eating carbs before, during, after the race or your run. Um, why are why is it that carbs are so important for runners? Your body wants to utilize carbs for energy. It is very efficient at breaking down carbs and utilizing them for energy. So your body can break down fat for energy, but it's not as efficient. It takes a lot more energy to burn the fat for fuel versus having your body, you know, utilize those carbs. And there's a lot of runners that will notice a huge difference in how they feel and how running goes when they follow maybe a keto diet versus when they start to include carbs into their diet. So like when they just eat mostly fats in hopes of their body burning fat for fuel, there are some downfalls that that their body can feel. I feel like a lot of runners want to burn fat because, you know, carbs can run out. And especially if you're not replacing them like you should, or if you're running like a hundred mile race, there can be some benefits to your body burning fat for fuel. But for most runners, they're going to feel better if they're giving their body the carbs and having the carbs readily available. So what you're saying is that if you Perhaps, well, I don't know, perhaps I'll ask you, I'll phrase it as a question rather than a statement. Um, If you could perhaps perform better by eating more, because I think lots of people think that 
they're going run, they're running, they're doing something for their health, and they correlate health with eating less. But is that necessarily true? No, it's not necessarily true. I feel like that's like kind of a false thing or like a myth that is out there that if I lose weight, I'm automatically going to get faster. There are so many factors that come into play when you're trying to increase speed. So like you're running, like what type of workouts you're doing, strength training, nutrition, those are all factors that can play a role in in your ability to be faster, not just with your weight. You know, I you know there's individuals out there that may be at a heavier weight than they were a few years ago, but they're still running faster times, but they're focused on fueling their body, they're focused on training smart, recovering you know, doing the strength training that runners can tend to push to the side a little bit. So they're doing other things that can help them them run faster. Yeah, I love that. I love seeing on your Instagram all different uh, things, um, reminders in particular to say that just because you're eating less doesn't mean that you're going to run better. And finally, I know you've already touched on it a little bit, but I just have to ask again because it just, I don't know, it just makes me smile to think about it. I don't know. But is there anything that you definitely would not eat or drink before a run? <laughs> I feel like there are probably so many things. Personally, I don't like to have eggs before a run. I just don't feel good. But I know there are other runners that eggs are part of their pre-run meal. And it's a great option because they're getting some protein, they're getting some carbs with it, especially when they pair it with some bread bagel on the side. But it's just something that I cannot handle before a run. And I think that's something that can sometimes be forgotten is that you're an individual. Yes, there are general guidelines for how to fuel your body, what to have before, during and after. But you're also a human being. And what works best for you might be slightly different. And that's okay. That doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that you figured out what your body works best with. Hmm. And the other thing I wanted to ask was, what about things like alcohol? So if you go out for, I don't know, if you go out for lunch, you have a drink with your lunch, and then you've got to do a run later that evening, should you be really wary about things like that? <laughs> um, it's something to consider. It might not feel good. You know, that is something that might cause GI issues as well. And I would also take it because it can dehydrate you. So making sure that if you do choose to have a drink at lunch, and let's say you're running later at like 7pm, to make sure that you're staying hydrated and giving your body enough water. Um, so that run run goes better. Okay, so we're avoiding fiber or really high fiber, maybe just before our run. Probably alcohol is a good idea to avoid. <laughs> and uh, maybe eggs, maybe not eggs. <laughs> Depends on the individual. Yes, depending on the individual. Um, because yeah, it might not sit the best. Okay, thank you so much. Um, if people want to find out more, or follow you on Instagram or see um, what, uh, what services and things you're offering. Um, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at the underscore running underscore dietitian. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Whether you're a new mum thinking about starting your postpartum exercise journey or you're working your way through Couch to 5K, if you've got a new post-baby PB, or you're listening along on a gentle jog, share your experiences using the hashtag LaceUpAndListen to be in with a chance of featuring on next week's episode as our Lace Up and Listener of the Week. 
Maybe you've been inspired by Amy to experiment with your pre or post run breakfast, lunch or dinner. This week's Lace Up and Listener is Emma Kaur. Emma says that running has really helped her to remind herself how amazing her body is by allowing her to get up and move each day. And listening to the episode about positive body image has reminded her to help keep encouraging people to do the same, especially as a teacher. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share and leave a review. If you have suggestions for potential topics or future guests, then I'd love to hear from you too. You can contact me on Instagram or tag me at the uphill runner or use the hashtag lace up and listen and that brings us to the end of this episode thank you so much for listening there'll be another episode available next week at the same time if you can't wait that long don't forget you can still download and listen to all the previous episodes including from series one and two looking forward to running with you next time